Hello everyone, how are you doing today? My name is Charlie. You might know me better as sci-fi fantasy writer C.E. Dorset, especially if you're reading my new book, Crucify My Love, or my sort of new book, The Chain, which is available over at Wattpad as I'm doing the rewrites on it. Hi. Today we are celebrating a couple things. One, this is the 800th episode of Project Shadow. And if any of you have been with me for that whole time, give yourself a great big round of applause, because, wow, it's been a long, strange ride to get here. And to celebrate the last episode of this year's Pride Month, I wanted to talk about my coming out experiences, plural. But before we get into that, I have two things I need to say. One, if you're listening to my voice right now, thank you. I know a lot of the listeners to this podcast skip over episodes with clear LGBTQIA plus titles. And it means a lot to me when you all actually hit play to listen to see what I have to say. It means the world to me. Because this is part of the story that I really feel that I need to tell and the dots that I need to connect. So thank you for hitting play on the episode. Also, if you haven't already, before we get started, take a moment to rate this podcast in whatever app you're listening to me on. It really does help out a lot. It tells the algorithms to share the podcast with more people. The more people that hear it, the better chance we have of building a community where we can meet each other and share and discuss these ideas together. And that's honestly why I do this. Okay, so my story. This is going to be one of those stories where I go back to my youth. Because there are a lot of lessons I think anyone can pull from my story. And it's many twists and turns and changes over the years. So we're going to go back and start when I was in third grade. I don't remember if I ever really truly had a crush on anyone before I was in third grade. And there was this boy that I had really strong feelings for. But even though we never discussed it in my family, so no one ever told me that I shouldn't have these feelings, I knew, just through cultural osmosis, that they were wrong. So when my family would catch me daydreaming and ask what I was thinking about, in order to try not to lie and have to remember long convoluted stories, I would tell them about this girl I knew at school. 
And I picked the name of a girl that actually went to the same school as me and would use her name to fill in for the name of the boy that I actually had a crush on. Now that never went anywhere. I was too afraid to say anything. And so I never did. But that's why representation matters. That's why it's important for us to tell our stories and to be open and honest as much as we feel comfortable and safe doing. Because I didn't have any examples to show me that it was all right to have those feelings. And I felt shame over them. I didn't know why I was ashamed. I just knew that I was a boy. And as a boy, I'm supposed to like girls. So I would make up stories about the girls. Well, I didn't really make them up. I just transferred the feelings I had for the boys onto the name of a girl. And growing up, we moved around a lot. And when we moved to Maryland, most of the really close friends that I made were all girls. And there's one night that really stands out a lot to me. I would This would have been the summer between 5th and 6th grade. I was over at a party at a friend of mine's house, and we played Spin the Bottle. And we were little kids, so we didn't have strict rules on how Spin the Bottle worked. So if the bottle landed between two people, you didn't get to kiss anyone. So you needed to make sure that they landed on a person of the opposite gender. Because that's how the game worked. If it landed on somebody of the same gender, everyone would laugh. And it would go on to the next person to spin. And that night, my friend's mom came into the room and said, Okay, it's time for the sleepover to start. It's late. All the boys have to leave. And I didn't understand at the time why I was asked to leave. I didn't understand at the time why I was included in that group. Just for the briefest moment, I had forgotten that I had been assigned male at birth. I didn't understand. I didn't know why I was asked to leave. But I did. And I went home. And not for the first time and not for the last time, I remember sitting up in my bed looking out the window across the courtyard between the apartment buildings and seeing the light from my friend's bedroom where the sleepover was still going on. And I remember crying out to the heavens that when I woke up, I would be a girl. That I would be a little girl. And they would see me as I am and everybody would be okay with it. And everything would be right with the world again. Because that's where I was supposed to be. That's how I was supposed to be. But I didn't tell anybody. Nobody knew. This was a private shame that I kept to myself because, again, I didn't have any role models and... All I knew is these were feelings I shouldn't be having. 
these were feelings I needed to get rid of because they weren't normal. They weren't what was expected of me. And so I pushed them down and I hid them. Buried them down deep. And over the years, I continued to make both male and female friends, but I was always closer with my female friends. And I didn't understand why. I didn't feel I had anything really to talk about with a lot of the male friends that I had. The conversations that we had, I I often had to pretend, kind of parrot back things that I had seen on television of how boys talk. Because, well, I, my mind didn't work that way. My whole way of thinking didn't jive with what was going on in their heads. I was different. And I'm going to skip over some of the darker parts of my life, but let's just say I, it got to very dark places over time. But then I started dating secretly when I was a kid. I don't know how we found each other, but I'd had several secret boyfriends and, you know, we experimented and we talked and we always knew that it had to be a secret. We couldn't tell anyone. And they were all boys my age. But it had to be a secret. We couldn't let anyone else know. And so we kept those secrets, often pretending that we were in love with or had a crush on various girls in school because that was the best way to maintain the secret. And we always picked the girls that we knew would never date someone like us, so that they were always just outside of our reach. They were always beyond us. So we didn't have to worry about them actually saying yes. And life went on. And when I got into high school, my best friend, who by that time was actually a boy, started dating this girl. And it was only logical that I dated her best friend. Because with us being best friends and them being best friends, it only made sense that we were able to double date and do things and it seemed logical at the time and it was something that was just kind of foisted on me she came up and announced that we were dating because our best friends were dating and at first I didn't question it I didn't you know have anything to say about it because it didn't mean anything it was words that went out there that kept me safe it kept me undercover It kept me from having to tell anybody who I was. So I didn't come out until I was in high school. I was in my senior year of high school. We were at an anti-homecoming party and I just said it. It was, it was just the most natural thing in the world. I looked over at a friend of mine and looked her right into the eyes and said, I'm gay. And she laughed and she looked at me and she said, well, duh. And that was it. I was out. And everybody at the party heard me. And everybody at the party understood. 
and it was just a thing now. I was out. At least amongst this circle of friends, they knew who I was. I didn't have to hide anymore. I could talk about my relationships. I could talk about the people that I liked and the boys I thought were cute. And I could be out. And as my circle of friends that knew my secret expanded, a friend of mine started letting me borrow her clothes because she knew I liked them. I never really asked. She would just bring them over and go, I think this would look wonderful on you. And I would wear them. And we would sit there and we would do each other's hair and we'd put makeup on each other. And everything felt right with the world. Everything seemed right. Like this is, this is the life I had been denied this entire time. Everything was good. But see, at this point, this would be about 94, 95. I didn't have the language of transgender anything or non-binary anything. I remember there was a scandal about a Bond girl who had secretly been a man before she had been a girl. And I remember RuPaul had a TV show on VH1. But RuPaul was a man in a dress. And made no bones about that. And we didn't talk about gender in the way that a lot of people talk about gender now. So I didn't know that this was different. I just figured I was a man who liked to wear skirts and liked to wear dresses and liked to put makeup on. I was a very femme queer boy, but I was out to everyone, but my family. One of my sisters was the first person to find out because she asked a dear friend of mine, why we weren't dating. And because I was so close to the sister, she assumed she knew and just said it. And my sister called me and we went over and to her ha- to her apartment and we talked and she was fine with it. She got over it very quickly. And so I was out to one member of my family. Because that's the secret that they don't tell you about coming out. It's something that you have to do over and over and over again. And life went on and I eventually met Brian And we had decided to move in together, and we did. And my mother, who had moved away at that point, I was talking to her on the phone, and one of the most fateful conversations I had ever had. And all of a sudden, my life clicked in her brain the way that it had never clicked before. And she asked me, are you gay? And I said, yes, I am. And then... (laughs) In one of the sweetest moments of my life, she then recited my ex-boyfriends in reverse chronological order. And with each one, I confirmed that, yes, we had been together. And then she asked the second fateful question. So what, do you want to be a girl now? And I was so angry because the conversation was not going well. And I said, no, no, I don't want to be a girl. How dare you? And we had a big fight and we didn't talk for a while after that. But that moment changed the way I thought about myself. See, I'd always had long hair. I had long hair for a very long time. 
I talked my parents into letting me grow it out in middle school. And by this point, this would have been about 96, 97. I had had long hair for so long, everybody knew me with it. And I marched down to the salon and I had them cut my hair as short as they could cut it. And the beautician who always did my hair, she begged me not to do it. But I made her do it anyway. And she actually cried when I cut my hair. And I think it was because she understood better than I did what I was doing. See, I had gotten come out of one closet, but not every closet. I think she knew better than I did that me cutting my hair was me denying my gender because I was a boy. And I stopped wearing women's clothing entirely. And I bought suits and button-up shirts and ties. And I dressed like a man. And I did that for a long time. And I remember Brian telling me at one point that he didn't know what happened, but shortly after we moved in together, the light had just gone out of my eyes. And it had. Because while I was out to my entire family now, and everybody knew that we were a couple, I had pushed this other part of me that I didn't have the right words for down into a closet so deep that I didn't admit it to myself until many, many years later. See, it wasn't until I was in my 30s when I had a friend who realized that she was transgender. And she started going through her transition, and it was a beautiful, wonderful thing. And we had many conversations about it. And that's when I realized that I was, too. And other people saw this on me. I remember being at a convention a couple years before that, and a transgender woman came up to me and lectured me about how I was secretly in denial. And I was so mad about it because I wasn't trans. That wasn't me. I'm just a very femme guy. I mean, can't you tell I'm a guy? But I wasn't. Because see, the hardest person to come out to is often yourself. And that's the first person you have to come out to. You have to take inventory of every little thing that happens to you. I wasn't a cross-dresser. I wasn't somebody who just liked to do drag. I wasn't a guy who liked guys. And in the end, I realized that I was a pan-romantic. I still call myself homosexual. Because that's a label I've grown up with. And I've always had, and it means something to me. And then I realized that, well, I may not be a woman. I am not a man. I live somewhere between non-binary and femme, and depending on the day where you'll find me, but usually much closer to the feminine than to the masculine. The masculine's really not what I do. It's not who I am. And I have these words now. And I share them with people and I tell people. And they don't always act well, because as you can hear, I have a deep voice. And though I've been practicing raising it, it has gotten better, but it's still very much a dude's voice. 
no matter how much I try. And who knows, maybe one day it'll get better. And I don't have a lot of money, so I can't afford any of the transition things that I would like to do. I would like to get laser hair removal. I would like to explore the possibility of maybe hormones or some of the other things, but I don't have the money for that. And that's okay. Because I know who I am. It took me a long time to be honest with myself. I was in my mid-30s before I was honest with myself about who I am. And even longer before I admitted to other people who I was. My friend, my beautiful, strong friend who transitioned before me, she was the first person who knew that I was trans. I told my husband, and slowly, over the years, I've widened the circle of the people that I've told. It's a lifelong experience, and it's an experience that keeps coming up. I don't always correct people when they call me he, because it's often just not worth the fight. It's not worth coming out to them just to ease my experience. I'm not going to be around them long enough for it to really matter. But I'm learning. I'm still coming out. Every day I do these podcasts and I come out. I mention my husband and people go, oh, okay, gay. I do episodes like this where I tell my story because this isn't the first time I've told my story on the podcast. And that's what I think everybody needs to learn. You first have to be honest with yourself. And that honesty is hard work. And then you have to develop the courage to be honest with others. And that's also hard work. But coming out is a task that's never finished. Because as long as we live in a society and in a culture where cisgendered heterosexual is considered the default, it is assumed that everyone is a part of that group. And to me, that's the main thing I want to see changed, is that we just stop assuming over people. And that's why it's important to come out. That's why it's important to have pride. That's why it's important to celebrate. Because I put myself through so much suffering over the years, because I refused to admit who I was. And I hope that none of you go through that same experience. Because it's most important that you're honest with yourself. Be honest with others as you need. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Like I said, I've told this story before, and if you've heard it before, I hope you got something else out of it. Because it's a story that I think about over and over and over again, because... It's a story I don't hear told all that often. Yeah, I knew when I was a child that I was different. I knew when I was a child that I was a girl. I just didn't have the words. I didn't have the vocabulary, and so I couldn't actually know. And because I suppressed that part of me for so long, it led to so much suffering on my part, and I want to spare as many people as I can of that. 
Thank you for listening. If you haven't already, please rate this podcast in whatever app you're listening to me on. It really does help out a lot. Now, I know this is going to sound strange because of what I just said, but if you have a couple bucks you could throw my way, down in the show notes, you'll find a link to both my Patreon and the community support tab. The main difference between the two is the people on Patreon occasionally get stuff from me. If you can join the project, that would mean the world to me. It really does help out a lot. And thank you to everybody who does that. If you don't have the money or you don't feel like giving right now, that's fine. That's perfectly all right. Don't worry about it. I really do do this for the conversation. But if you know somebody you think would like this podcast, please do share it with them. If you have a question, a comment, or a topic you'd like to hear discussed on the show, please either use the voice message link that you'll find in the show notes to send me a voice message. You can do that from any device. You will have to sign up for an account because Anchor does not accept uh, anonymous voice messages, and I think that's a good thing. But keep it clean so I can use it on the show. Or you can hit me up either on Twitter or Instagram. I'm C.E. Dorset on both. You can find links to everything that I do over at projectshadow.com. Happy Pride Month. Thank you so much for listening. It means the world to me. Until next time, don't forget, have the fun. Bye.